When God became man, that was a giant leap down, wasn't it? But ultimately, he gained by that loss. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. It isn't easy for us to wrap our minds around the fact that when God seems defeated, he wins. His folly multiplies wisdom. In that time when the word emptied himself and gave up everything, he was enriched. How does that work? Jim's here to complete his sermon called The Son, Superior to Angels. We're in Hebrews chapter 2. Then in verse 5, the writer wraps it up. He says, For he, God, has not subjected to angels the world to come that we are talking about. The world to come is that world when all of the inheritance that is Jesus's, he's going to claim. When the name that the Father gave Jesus is going to be exalted. When the promises that the Son made are going to be fulfilled. And it's going to affect our world. It's going to change our world. It will ultimately lead to the destruction of our world in fire and smoke and gas and the creation of a whole new heavens and earth. That's part of the plan. And it will be accomplished by the authority of Jesus and by the working of God in fulfilling all that he promised Jesus. Now, the writer understands that the scriptures place Jesus under, in rank, under Jesus. That Jesus is placed under rank beneath angels for a period of time. So he quotes the passage where that takes place. It's one of the Psalms. And you read about it in verse 5. He's talking about that world that is to come. That world where God will fulfill all the promises he's made through Jesus. He says, he is not subjected to angels, the world to come that we are talking about. But one has somewhere testified, what is man that you remember him or the son of man that you care for him? And the next phrase says, you made him lower than the angels. For a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet. Is that last phrase? Everything will be subject, subjected under the feet of this man. Now, what's he talking about? Well, the original purpose of God when he created Adam and gave him Eve was that man would rule over everything. That included the angels. Man defected, chose instead to rebel against God, refused to obey God's word, rejected the invitation of the tree of life, and instead listened to the cunning, deceptive lie of Satan. And in doing so, man lost the authority that God intended man to possess. When God set about to correct that problem, God himself, verse 7, God himself, the second of the Trinity, God the Son, was made lower than the angels for a brief time. 
That's talking about the incarnation. That's saying that during his earthly life for 33 and a half years, Jesus was in a position under the rank of angels. Don't you think Satan knew that when he came to him in the garden after his baptism? What was Satan's challenge? Oh, so you think you're the son of God, huh? Okay, if you're the son of God, do this, do this. Do th Remember that? Do this. Satan's temptation of Jesus was parallel to his temptation back in the Garden of Eden of Eve Adam. The prize was bigger, and this time, Jesus refused to accept Satan's premises. He rejected his temptation, and Satan had to leave him and depart for a season. But during that time, Jesus was lower than the angels. People have a whole lot less trouble believing that Jesus is God. They struggle, really struggle without God could be man. That's always the dilemma, always the dilemma. And the writer of the Psalm, moved by the Spirit of God, expected that to be so. During that short, brief period of time, God himself was incarnate in human flesh. He was ranked under the rank of angels. Scripture tells us that though he was equal with God, he didn't consider that equality something he needed to defend. He emptied himself. He set aside properties of his deity, humbled himself, and became a man. As a man, he could then be subject to death. As God, he could never die. But as man, he could die. And that's the prime reason why he became man. So this, this psalm tells us that the day is coming when man will again be raised to the position of ruling over all things, just like the psalmist said, ruling over all things. He will do it because Jesus has done what he's done, and in Jesus' victory, he secured for us victory as well. Listen to him explain. Now, Commenting upon the psalm, for in subjecting everything to him, that is to man, God left nothing, nothing, God left nothing not subject to him. That means the whole of creation. Everything that God created, everything that God created, including the angels, were part of that creation. And man who lost that regal authority was subject to the pressure and the influence, as we'll see in just a minute, of sin and death and Satan. But the text tells us that everything will be subject to him. He left nothing that's not subject. We do not now see everything subject to him, but we do see Jesus. Jesus who became the man. Here it says, we see Jesus who was made lower than angels for a short time, made lower than angels, he became man, so that by God's grace he might taste death for every man. We see Jesus, who became lower than the angels, was made lower than the angels for the suffering of death, 
out of the grace of God, we see him now what? We see him crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. In the death of Jesus Christ, God won for man the victory, and he won for himself the inheritance. By becoming man, he took the place of the first man who failed, and he didn't fail. He succeeded. But to succeed meant he had to die. The author goes on. It was fitting in bringing many sons to glory that he, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the source of their salvation perfect through sufferings. How was Jesus made perfect through sufferings? It means that he lived a perfect human existence, no sin, none whatsoever. And that wasn't something that he could just reach out and take because he was God. He needed to experience man's life. He needed to experience life as a man because only a man could inherit that dominion over all things. And only as a man could Jesus gain that inheritance. So he became a man. As a man, he suffered everything that we suffer with the exception of sin. And then because he was sinless, he suffered death, not for his own transgression, but a substitute for us all. And that's what the writer goes on to say. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified, all have one father. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. And again, I will trust in him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. Verse 14. Now, since the children, that's you and me, the children of flesh, the ones who are born into the family of God through faith in Christ. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, he also shared in these so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. Now, when it says Satan had the power of death, that does not mean Satan was able to bring death to people's lives. It means he had the power to call God to justice and to inflict death upon those who deserved it. That's what that means. Satan could say to God, hey, you're a high and holy God. That's not right. That's bad. That's sinful. You can't put up with that and still remain God. That's what Satan did. It's what he does today. He accuses. And that's why we have the advocate Jesus in heaven. Okay. Now, what, what, is, what, is, what does all this mean? It means that, at, that in order for God the Son, to secure salvation and forgiveness and purchase from our sins, he had to pay our penalty. In order to pay our penalty, he had to become one of us. In order to become one of us, he had to become flesh. He had to become humble. He could not exercise his own divine prerogatives independent. That's why he kept saying the whole time he was on, I don't see anything that the Father doesn't tell me. I do nothing but what the Spirit of God directs. He humbled himself. He imposed upon himself a self-relinquishing of the divine attributes 
Why? Because he loves you. Because that's the only way he could save you. And then as your representative, as your substitute, having done it right for 33 and a half years, having done it right, he then went to the cross and paid your penalty, died the death that you deserve, suffered the anguish that you deserve, went through hell for you. All men, all sin. It's incredible. And the Bible says he did that out of grace. That is, God provided that in grace. It's not something we deserve. It's not something we even smart enough to ask for. It's nothing we could never have forced God to do. God had to initiate that, and God did. God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit were all involved in this, this drama of eternity. The Creator God would condescend and become a man. And as a man, die the sinner's death. Pretty special, huh? But notice the last verse we're going to deal with tonight. Notice with me, please, verse 16. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but Abraham's seed. You know what that means? That means there is no salvation for angels. That means there is no gift of eternal life. Pardon, forgiveness of sin for angels. The third of the angels that defected and went with Satan in his rebellion, they're lost, they're doomed, they're damned. God has created a place for the devil and his angels. It's called the lake of fire. It's no salvation for them. Jesus didn't become an angel. He became man. And as man... He died. He lived a perfect life, always doing what honored the Father. He lived a perfect, obedient, human life. That's how we all would live and should live had sin not entered the world. He died a perfect death. Not for angels, but for Abraham's seed. What does that mean? Well, that means that his coming into the world was a part of God's covenant promise to Abraham, and he would come in through Abraham's lineage. But there are other people outside Abraham's family who would hear that message and respond in faith, and God would graciously save them too. I'm one. Most of us are Gentiles. Jesus didn't just die for the Jews. But our salvation is something God provided for us in and through fulfilling the covenant he made with Abraham and Abraham's seed. Now, Hebrews is not an easy book, okay? But if you'll spend time with it, outline it, think about it, it will thrill your soul. Absolutely thrill your soul. What God the Son has done, is doing, and will do for each of us because of the grace of God. Our Father in heaven tonight, we thank you for the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We thank you that he was willing to be made lower than the angels. We thank you that he was willing to go to the cross and deal with our sinfulness, all that separated us from you, a perfect, righteous, holy God. He paid the penalty, all of it, forever. And in that death that he died, he not only conquered uh, Satan and stripped him of his authority and his place of authority that he had usurped in Adam's fall. He not only did that, but he made his sacrifice sufficient for whosoever will. No human, no human will ever go to hell because they're a sinner. That problem was dealt with by Jesus at Calvary. And no one, no human would ever go to heaven apart from that death. Trusting and believing and committing their life to the one who died that death on their behalf. Thank you for delivering us from the power of Satan so we no longer fear death. He has no power over us to hold us subject and pray. We're free from that because of the resurrection. And now by the Spirit of God, we have been placed in union with him. We have his father as our father. We will inherit his inheritance as our inheritance. We will rule and reign with him, and that includes over the angels and the angelic world. Thank you for the grace, the grace that designed salvation's plan. Thank you for the love of the divine creator, the love that brought all of that grace down to us. Thank you for spanning that mighty impassable gulf that existed between us and our sin and you in your holiness and perfection. Thanks for making our forgiveness a gift. A gift freely given. Receive without works just accepted by faith. My friend, tonight, in these two chapters, the author wants you to know that you are loved. God has done incredible things to reach out to you, to become your advocate, to become your substitute, to become your sin sacrifice, to pay for in his own blood and death, to die the death necessary to care for all the punishment for all of your sins for all eternity. He's already done that. He rose from the grave and he wants to come into your heart and give you his love, his grace, his life, his forgiveness. He wants to make you an heir with him in this so great salvation that he's provided. We live, Father, in days when it's apparent that our Lord is soon to return. 
to initiate those things that he's promised, those battles that he's promised, those events that he's promised, to judge the world, the flesh, the devil, and deliver us and to take us home to heaven. My friend, are you ready? Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? You're not too bad a sinner. Nothing you've ever done is greater than Calvary's ability to forgive. And the God who loves you so much that he died in your place is risen from the grave and he he asks you to open your life, open your heart, confess to him that you're a sinner, you can't save yourself, and to humbly ask him to come into your life, to be your savior, to give you himself his gift of forgiveness and life. Will you trust him tonight, right now? I guarantee you, you'll never regret that decision for all eternity. And I promise you, if you don't, you'll regret that decision forever and ever and ever. So don't hesitate. You may not understand it all. It may not even make sense to you yet. Just believe the scripture. Confess to Jesus that you are a sinner, that you need to be forgiven. Believe that at the cross, he as God died in your place. Ask him to come into your heart, your life. Believe that as Christ, he rose from the grave to testify to his deity and to provide for you the gift of eternal life. Ask him in. Trust him. So Father, tonight, bless that one who makes that commitment. Grant to them, as you promised, to give eternal life. Help us to see things more clearly, more deeply, more profoundly as we study this incredible book written for those who live in the times of eschatology. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember when the Holy One of God became a man, the demons didn't understand it. They were nervous. It was weird to see him lower than the angels, if even for a little while. Pastor Jim has unwrapped the opening chapters of the book of Hebrews in his message, The Son, Superior to Angels. If you'd like to have it on CD, we'd be happy to send that for a gift of $7 or more. Our series is called God's Ultimatum, Volume 1. Those 19 sermons will come to you on disc for a contribution of $66 or more. Right Start is like an audio lighthouse. Not the only lighthouse, thankfully, but one that's fueled by listeners. Your prayers and your financial gifts make a difference. If you've been thinking about helping, we ask you to do it today. And thanks to everyone who's already engaged in this mission with us. Mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085 USA or call 1-800-984-2313 that's 800-984-2313 and find us on the internet at rightstartradio.org there you can listen to Jim's unedited sermons you can download the sermons too 
If the half-hour chunks of the radio show work well for you, you can hear those again. And you can even bring the show with you wherever you go in the form of the Right Start podcast. You'll see a way to donate securely and more at rightstartradio.org. And we won't spam you or send you junk mail. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. Friday already, and daylight savings time ends this weekend in the U.S. Remember to set your clocks back. More from the Profound Book of Hebrews on Monday. Please join us again for the next Right Start. Thank you.